What's going on, y'all? My name is Kayla, and I want to welcome you to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today because we've got an awesome message prepared just for you. But first, we want to connect with you. Drop a comment below, subscribe to our channel, or go to our website at freelifechapel.org so you can find out more about what's coming up next. But like I said, we got an awesome message for you. I'm ready, you ready, yo, I'm ready, yo, is you ready? Check it out. We're in a series called Good Vibes. Good Vibes. Um, this uh, vibes, vibing, it, it's a really popular term in our culture today. And, and, and I, I don't want to be around somebody with bad vibes. You ever been around somebody with bad vibes? You get around them and they suck the life out of you. Like, like you see them coming and, and the truth is uh, like you realize that both of us are going to be riding the same elevator together. And so you decide to take the stairs to the 20th floor instead of riding with them up to the elevator, like, because I just can't handle, like, I, I, yeah, we, we've all been there. I, I, I want to talk to you about a vibe killer, though. One of, the, one of the quickest things to kill your vibe, I've discovered this in life, I've been down this road, maybe you can relate, is this, it's disappointment. You ever been disappointed? I mean, just jacked up. Like, what? Like sidelined, you're confused. Like I can't believe that happened. You see, here's what disappointment is. Disappointment is is it creates conflict inside, and the conflict is this: the distance between what you expected and what actually happened. And the greater that distance, the more conflict you're experiencing. Disappointment is the distance between what you expected and what happened. Did anybody ever come home and expect dinner to be ready? And it wasn't. It, it, you can be disappointed. I, I, I have never experienced that in my life, uh, but that's okay. It's, um, Cindy's actually speaking in Connect Four right now, so I can say that. But, but a, a, a job, you thought it, something was going to happen on a job that did not happen on the job, or you thought you were going to get the, the bump, the promotion, or actually get the job, and you didn't get the job, and you had so much banking on that, now you're disappointed. Uh, some news, you thought it would be good news, it turned out to be bad news. We, we've all experienced disappointment in life. I want you to know the same thing can happen in our faith. In, 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 our, in our faith, in our walk, our relationship with God. Have, have you ever felt disappointment with God? You, you, ever, been, you ever been down that road? I mean, uh, God should have stopped this. Why didn't God do that? Where was he in this? And it's amazing how we can begin to look at God and question God and actually put God basically on trial and, and we walk with this disappointment. And here is the challenge behind that. Everybody under the sound of my voice, Polk CI, in this room, online, all campuses together, here's the reality. All of us right now are building a theology. It's a really sexy seminary term that says your God thoughts. You're building your ideas and your beliefs about God. Your BS is getting real. Your belief system is getting real about God and how you look at him, how you think about him. And you are crafting ways whether you, when you think you can trust him and when you think you can't. When it's true, when it's not. 
when God's word is valid, when he's been invalid. And we create these pockets of questions in our life that can begin to erode away the faith stance that we should be having in life. Everybody in this room has a theology. You might say, no, pastor, I ain't never been to no college to study that stuff. No, but you have God thoughts. You have a belief system out about God. Whether your parents taught you that or they didn't teach you that. Whether you've been through hurt, pain, difficulty, triumphs, difficulties, in church a long time, not at all. You have thoughts of God. Our culture has a theology. Uh, everybody has an attitude and a mindset towards who God is and who he's not. And we usually are putting God on trial whether he's true or whether he's a liar. We find ourselves going through times that we feel disappointment with God. And when God doesn't respond the way we thought he should, it kills our faith vibe. Our faith vibe takes a hit and we find ourselves limping and we're no longer standing with such strength. We find ourselves going through some tough times. I'm, I'm grateful to tell you the Bible hits this issue head on. The Bible backs away from nothing, is not afraid of any question. We can, we, in fact, it's important that we question the Bible. It's important that you question your faith. It's important for you to push back and ask the hard questions. That doesn't rock God. He can handle that. And the Bible speaks to it strong. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, written by the quarterback of Christianity. Here's what he says. It's in red, so please read it with me. One, two, three. I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to understand the word ashamed there means I'm not disgraced by him. I've never been embarrassed by him. I've never been humiliated by him. Now, now, you need to understand and take into account the man who's writing this. Because Paul was not, was not raised in a Christian home to where all of a sudden he just had all things come to him. He didn't have Cheerios with angels every morning. You understand. Like, Paul been through some life. Anybody else been through some life? You got some scars, you bumps. Okay, good. Well, you all can relate with Paul as well. And, and I want you to understand who it was that was making this statement. I'm not ashamed. I've never been disappointed. I've never been let down. My faith has never been shook. This is the man who wrote that. This man was beaten five times. He took 39 lashes on five different occasions for his faith. He was beaten three times with rods. He was stoned, and I don't mean this stuff. He was stoned because of his faith. Wrongfully arrested. He was put in prison. He was shipwrecked. He was snake bitten. He ran for his life and was lowered out of a window to escape a city because a mob was after him to kill him. He went through a season where he had no food. He was so hungry for days. And then in the wintertime, he went without clothes so long, he almost froze to death. And then he had a physical issue that he asked God three times to heal him of, and God did not do it. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's never let me down. I don't mind telling you. Give me three or four of those things right there. I would be kind of, I'd be kind of twisted looking side eye at God just a little bit like, mm, excuse me. And we go through things in life that hit us and we find ourselves in those moments of I don't like what I'm feeling. But here's why Paul never was disappointed. Because he said, I don't ever expect God to do something that he never promised to begin with. Is it possible? Is it possible that you and I are making expectations of God that he never promised? Is it possible that you and I are putting God in a plane that we are actually the ones trying to give God direction for our life instead of actually letting God give us direction for our life? 
And then we find ourselves disappointed over stuff that God didn't say, God didn't do, but yet we have convicted him. How is it that we, become, we, we keep from becoming disappointed with God? We're going to talk about it. Any dart throwers in the place? Anybody throw darts? Okay, one of you. Thank you, Flavio. I appreciate that. I, I probably know where you learned to do that. That's all good. We won't go there. Dirt throwing. Oh, please, are you serious? I, got, I feel enough pressure like it is, Sam, because seriously. Are y'all praying? Because like this is like, I'm Okay, that's pretty bad. Yeah, okay, I know, I know. Y'all pray for your boy. Ah, yeah, 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 that was so close. I, I, come on, raise it, Scott, raise it, Scott. I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. I, I, ain't, I ain't too mad about it. I'm too mad about it. But I tell you what. Okay, so I'm, I'm off target. I'm off target. Anybody else ever been off target before? Whoever didn't raise their hand around you, they lying in church already because we know. But you know what's a whole lot easier? I like this game a whole lot better. three times. Bam! How you like your boy now? Mm. Turn to someone and tell him he's good. He's good. Yeah, and, and he's a liar. Tell him he's a liar too. There's a little bit of a difference here between both of these sides. One of them has an established target that I don't get to decide. I got to shoot at it. The other one, I just get to throw any. I can be all over the page. But I'm drawing targets around my darts instead of actually throwing darts at a target. You see, here's, here's, here's the difference here. Here's the difference. The difference is this. The target is a picture of God being the center of my life. But when I'm throwing at a blank page and drawing targets around my darts, it's a picture of me being the center of my life. And so whenever I decide I'm the center of my life instead of God being the center of my life, I then begin to give God direction on how he should be handling my world, what he should be doing, what he should be, who, who blessing, who he should be. Like, they need to lose their job, God. Why have they lost their job yet? And I need, it's amazing how we try to run God's world instead of letting God run our world. You see, the, the purpose of life either operates around God or me. Either I am the center of my life or God is the center of my life. Either the universe revolves around my wishes, my desires, my comfort, my joy, or it's going to operate around God's comfort, God's joy, God's direction, God's wisdom, God's way, God's truth. I have, well, it's just as my truth or there is God's truth. You see, we, 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 we choose which one and it's amazing how good we can feel in our own lives because we can throw our lifestyle anywhere on the board and draw a target around it and all of a sudden I feel good about me. I can throw my relationships any way that I want to because I'm just drawing targets and if you don't like me, it's my truth baby. Find your own truth. That's how I'm just doing me. I'm just doing me. Be, be true to yourself only. All this theology 
that we have created that we're trying to run our life by and we wonder why we're unfulfilled and all over the page and there's no center and it's all got to fit my world when there's nothing constant about my life. You and I have got to make sure that we're shooting for the right target because you get these twisted, you get disappointed in God and frustrated with your faith because that side doesn't work. That side doesn't give you peace in the middle of the night. That side doesn't get your family down the road. That side doesn't run by you when everybody walks out. That side leaves you high and dry. This side is immovable, unshakable, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. That remains forever. You and I have got to make sure that we're anchored the right thing because whatever you start drawing your targets around has got to be the very one that can bring peace to your mind and bring healing to your body and bring restoration to your family and help your kids through the drug addiction situation. You, you better make sure that we're shooting at the right side because we make ourselves the center. Everything goes sideways. We then get into some sloppy thinking like this. Well, God just wants me to be happy. Please show me Bible for that. Oh, 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 oh. God's going to protect me from all problems. Give your heart to Jesus. You'll never have a problem again. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Anybody love Jesus, but you had some hell going on in your life. Anybody? Okay, good. I'm glad. God's going to make me wealthy. Okay. You can't afford to pay attention right now, but I, we, we, we'll, we'll take your word for it. Okay. You and I've got to be careful and be aware of the good vibe gospel that gets sold into our culture of people who were shooting on that side of the board but still trying to act like they're living on this side of the board and the two don't mix. Don't allow, don't allow your favorite preacher on Instagram to sign God's name to something that God didn't say where he's pimping God's promises in order to get the likes on Facebook or get the Instagram in order to make it look good and sound good. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why it's important that you have a church and you have a pastor and you have a place that will speak truth and life and hope based on God's word, not based on popularity. It's not a feel-good gospel. It is a truth that you can build your life on for the rest of your life and popular or not legislated into law or not I need a law that's higher I need a constitution that is greater I'm in this world but not of this world there is a king of my life I honor our leaders but I will serve this king and his kingdom and his opinion over my life you've got to know that for yourself this, this sloppy theology where we get disappointed with God, it's amazing how it begins to build in. We hear things like this. In fact, let me just help you. God did not say, I will fill your bank account. But Philippians 4 says, I will meet your needs. Oh, those are two different worlds right there. He, he did not say, I will do all the work for you. But he did say, I will give you strength. That's what he said in Philippians 4. He, he, did, he did not say you will never face an enemy. But in Deuteronomy 20, I'm fighting the enemy with you. He never said you will not cry. But he said in Psalm 30, weeping may endure for the night. But joy is coming. It, it, it is coming in the morning time. Just hold on. Endure it. Hang in there, baby. Don't quit now. He, he did not say that I'm going to fix it all for you. But Luke chapter 1, he said, I will not fail you in the process. 
He never said, you're never going to have a struggle. But in Matthew 11, he said, I will give you rest in the struggle. You see, we, we sign God's name to stuff and make it absolutes, and it was nothing God said. And when we hit these times, we begin to wonder, where is God? Oh, my God. Can I remind you that as much as he's the God of the mountain, he's the God of the valley. That when things are good, he's God, and when things are not, he's God. That's exactly right. And without an enemy in your life, you would never know what victory is. God allows enemies in your life not to defeat you, but they're just delivery boys handing the spoils of war over to you. If you didn't have an enemy, you would never know what it was to fight and win. And with victory comes the spoils. That's why he says you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. No victory, no reward. So he allows things, he allows the struggle in life, but the struggle is going to be worth it. Tell somebody it's going to be worth it, it's going to be worth it, it's going to be worth it. I want you to hear me today. We believers, we Christ followers, with a proper theology, we still face hell in our life. We still go through questions. We take hits that make us cry. We get, we, we get slapped. We get hit. We get stabbed in the back. There are wrong things that happen to right people. It happens in life. You see, that's why it's critical that we talk in this room. It's critical that we talk from this platform a reality, a theology that matches life. We don't try to paint a reality from the word that no one experiences, no one lives up to, and it's all just esoterical, ethereal, all out there. No, we need something that I can live day in and day out, and I've learned to weep and cry and still worship and chase Jesus at the same time. I've learned what it is to be disappointed by people, but keep trying trusting in him. Oh, don't get the two confused. People will drop you. Jesus never will. And I got to make sure I keep my mindset right because if not, you'll go sideways. Culture and church, they'll draw targets around my lifestyle and tell me I'm okay just like I am. Culture and church will tell me, let me, let me draw targets around and take scriptures out of context so that I get to live a happy life. And when that happy life doesn't add up, I turn and blame God. I don't look back at the ones who lied to me from a platform. I look at God and begin to condemn him. And I build from my faith, my purpose. It's not found in culture. It's found in what God's word says about my life. You see, I, I abuse God's word when I make it start serving my desires instead of my desires pursuing him. It's a different ball game. You know, sooner or later, sooner or later, here's what I've learned. We hit a wall that our horoscope and our mama can't fix. I, 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 I don't, your, your Wi-Fi goes down. You can't pull up your horoscope and decide what kind of day it's supposed to be. I got something right here. That's why I like the printed Bible. I open that thing up, Wi-Fi or not. I got a word. I got 66 books. Of, I, can live, I can live this thing day in and day out. The Bible the Bible makes God's word the target of success, the target of my peace, the target of my joy. That when I do things based on the stability, the unchanging nature of God's word, I begin to live and experience something that doesn't match my circumstances. I'm going through hell, but I got peace in the middle of the night. I got people walking out on me and I still feel a friend. His name is Jesus. He said, I'll stick with you closer than a brother. I'll walk you through. So it's amazing how the outside doesn't look like the inside. You know why? Greater is he that is in me than the stuff that's around me in my world. And when I begin to make God's word the target of my life, all of a sudden God's word starts telling me when I'm out of order. Mm -hmm. 
No, God's word to give you some feedback in life. Yes, he will. You ain't got to ask for it. He's going to tell you. He's like your mama. He's going to say, let, let me, can, we got to talk for just a minute. Come here. And then everyone all go, you, Hercules, Hercules. And everyone's all celebrating. And Jesus said, no, we got to talk over here. We got to fix some things here. We got to dial this up. You still hitting way out here. We got to dial that thing in. And he's always making us sharper. He's always pulling us in. Has he ever called anybody out on your attitude before? You ever, you ever felt that, oh, my God, my attitude. Yeah, mm -hmm. Some of y'all don't even want to raise your hand right now. That's okay. That's how it rolls. But when we start doing it based on the target, based on the constant, based on the unchanging word of God, not based on my life that's all over the page, but when I begin to do it God's way and let him become truth, I don't care what they legislate in Washington. This is what God's word said. This is what my lifestyle is supposed to be. This is what marriage looks like. This is what parenting is. This is what my finance. When I do it this way, my life starts dialing into the target of God's word and it starts to, oh, now, now when I say yes to the change and I repent, which means I change my ways in order to match him, I'm not trying to make God's word make me feel good, but I change me to make God's word look good in me. Now I become resilient in life. Now I, I, there's a toughness that kicks in. When you've been through enough hell, all of a sudden the rub creates a scab and the scab becomes a callus and the callus starts taking stuff and it don't hurt me like it used to. You begin to take life on the chin and, and you, 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 can, you can rock me, you can roll me, you can take a licking and keep on ticking. I'm still here. I bounce and I roll. I do the matrix with you right here. I, I'll get through the situations because my feet are on a firm foundation. I'm more committed than I've ever been. Doesn't have to feel good. I've got grit. I will look at you and say, I know I'm crying, but I'll still worship and I'll be a warrior through the weeping in life because God never failed me. He's not starting now. What do you do with somebody who can't be shook off their foundation? That's why you call your mama or that's why you call your grandmama when some hell kicks in in your life because they got years and they've had experiences and when they're still trusting and they're still walking and you know that they believe God, you hold on to a stability. You're looking for an anchor in life that believed it and lived it and stood it and could say, baby, I know it hurts right now, but give God 24 hours and watch him turn this thing around in your life. Everything is going to be all right. He sees what you're going through. He knows what they said and he's working all things together for your good. Everything is going to be all right. I am spitting all over this platform. Yes, I am. <laughs> Isaiah 28 verse 16 says this, the one who maintains his faith will not panic. Oh, sookie, sookie. That right there, that's, that, that ver that's, that's the next tattoo right there. That's a good one. The one who maintains their faith. Maintain, how do you know your faith is a fight? You know why? Your faith requires doubt. If there's no doubt, there's no room for faith. That means I've got to stand in the face of circumstances and evidence against it. And I will choose to trust what he said or what I can see. And I must learn to push beyond what I can see to trust what I know. And when you begin to do that, something changes. Now I don't live in panic. It's good. It's good. It's good in the neighborhood. It's going to be just fine. I just, I'll get through this thing. When you do that, good vibes turn into God vibes. I'm going to say it again. Good vibes turn into God vibes. When God's word becomes the target of my life, now I'm asking, 
what do I need to do to serve your purpose for my life? Oh, that's, that's no longer playing on this side of the board. It's no longer just doing what I want to do the way I want to do it. God, come bless my world. No, God ain't going to bless my mess. He says, God, Scott, get on my side of the board. And you start praying prayers like your will be done. You start praying prayers like, God, you lead my life. You order my steps. And when you do that, now you've got a target and you've got something strong in your life. When we, when we shift from our will to God's will, he makes you a spiritual baller, dog. You understand. He, all of a sudden, you just dodge your game up. It's like these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I like these guys. Let, let me give you the context of these, of these boys. These boys were Hebrew boys. They, they, they were God's boys. They were, they were, they were these, these boys that God had his hand on with his people. And they were pulled out of Israel and they were taken into Babylonian captivity. They were captors. They were POWs. And they're in this pagan culture. They were taken out because they were considered the creme de la creme. They were the best of the best. Wise, sharp, good looking, attended free life. And so God brought the, 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 the Babylonian. They, they said, we're going to use them to advance our government. going to lead their sharp. These three boys are in a captive situation. And this king, King Nebuchadnezzar, he builds this massive, massive God idol to himself. This golden idol. And inside of it is a furnace. And he, he calls the entire nation out. He says, everybody, bend your knee, bow to this. And as you bow and you worship this idol, it's my, you're declaring my power, my praise, my glory. And everybody in the nation is out there and they hit the deck. And when they all hit the deck, there's three boys standing there just looking. They're not hitting the deck. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're pushing back because their theology was different than culture. Daniel chapter 3. Check this out. Check this out. Here, here's what the Bible says. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Even if, I know he's able, he's good, he's God. I've watched him do it in times past. I've got a resume with God. He's, he, he brought me through some stuff that I never should have made it through. My mama, my family, my friends, I've watched God move. His hand is real. He's still a miracle working God. But even if he doesn't, we're, we're, you, you need to understand, we're not going to bow to the altar of compromise. Just because it doesn't look good, feel good, not popular. I, I know people aren't going to clap when I take this stance. But I, I'm living for a purpose higher than your applause or your approval. I'm living for one who is higher. His word is greater. His plan for my life is the only thing solid. I'm not throwing darts to an empty board. I'm going after the target of honoring God with my entire life. Like it or lump it, this is how I'm living my life. I will not compromise it sounds like the guy named Job not Job 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 he had a whole book written after him because his life was torn upside down lost everything and in the middle of his worst situation Job says though he slay me yet will I trust him ah, what, 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 what do you do 
with somebody who has a kamikaze mindset in their faith that you can't rock me. I don't care what circumstance you throw at me. God is good and he loves me with an everlasting love and he's a God of kindness and truth and he's leading and ordering my steps. I don't understand him always but I know I can trust him. It sounds like Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane before they beat the flesh off of his back and hung him on a tree to die for your sins and mine. He's in Gethsemane and he prays a prayer like this. Father, Dad, take this situation from me. I don't want to go through this. Let Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Watch this. Watch, 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 watch. Father, take this cup from me. I don't want to go through this. Does it feel good? I know the pain that's coming. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know why I've lost my kids, and I don't know why I lost my money, and I don't know why my home is burnt down. And I know, I know people say I should curse God and die. But though he slay me, yet will I trust him. What, what do you do with that kind of faith that cannot be shook? I'll tell you what you do. Job, you get twice as much in the end than what you had in the beginning. Jesus, you take it on. You take on death, hell, and the grave, and you come back with all power and all authority to rule as king of kings and lord of lords and bring salvation to the world. That's what you do in those situations. See, we got to serve Jesus for his heart, not his hand. We've got to stop treating him like a sugar daddy and let him be your heavenly father. That I'm not just after what you own, I'm after who you are. Because I promise you right now, once you gain his heart, once you connect with his heart, everything in his pocket comes with it. But ladies and gentlemen, don't try to pimp God out that way. I, I want you to understand a few things about him. God does prosper us, and sometimes with money. We seek God. God, I just I heard you're a God that will prosper us. Lord, I'm, I'm signing up for that. He goes, okay, I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to do that. Uh, but let me help you with something. It's going to be proper prosperity. Because if you know the truth, if I gave you the job, you got the raise, got more money, you would have bought a boat and skipped church on the weekend. So I can't trust you with that. So it's going to be proper. I'm going to do a work in you, not just to work outside of you. And so I'm going to give you what you need, not what you want. More money would have killed you. It would have gotten in the way of you and me. So I'm going to make your home better. And I'm going to make your relationship stronger. I'm going to settle your heart and your mind. I'll prosper your life. God blesses us. He's a blesser. Yes, you need to know this. And sometimes it even feels good. You see, our theology, wrong theology will say that blessing is supposed to feel good. But you and I define blessing different than God's word. Blessing according to God's word is whatever makes me more like him. And sometimes that's not a fun process. That means I'm not on the mountain. It means I'm going through the valley. That means it's not because everyone's celebrating. It means because I feel alone right now and I'm weak. But then you learn what Paul said. When I am weak, that's when he's made strong. I never discovered his power until I found out what I didn't have. Then I found out what he did have. You see, you got to go through some times in life where you feel alone so that the stupid voices exit your life and you can finally hear his voice. There's no more distractions. And we don't like it, but the truth is that's where blessing flows in our 
entire life. Thank God for the correction in your life. Thank God for the conviction because more praise in life, it would erect your life. We don't need more pride in our culture. It's running everywhere. We're naming organizations after pride. We need to destroy the pride. Pride is what's between us and God and learn humility in his way, not my way. Elevate his word, not my name. It's about God's thoughts, not my thoughts. God does favor us. And sometimes we even get what we ask for. Every now and then. You need to thank God for the no that you got in life. Hmm. Again, let me just ask you, are you grateful for who you did not marry? Just, just, just wave at me right there. So, hmm. Thank God for the no. Thank God for the job you did not get. Mm -hmm. I know you wanted and you cried you were all upset and blamed God and God said you don't understand how corrupt that place is from the inside out it's going to shut down in three months anyhow just hold 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 I got you boo and he's working things out for you just hold on just hold on God's working this thing so God favors us yeah favors flowing all the time but sometimes favor comes in a no not a yes yes and God does heal us and sometimes it's even physical Oh, he's a healer. He is a healer. Yes, he is. And there are miracles that flow. Yes, there are. But I will tell you, the healing that happens in your life, my life, is greater on the inside than it is on the outside. Because you can have a put-together body and a tore-up mind at the same time, and it does nobody any good. God is healing minds. God is healing hearts. God is healing spiritually. He's always working. And sometimes it manifests in a miracle, but he's always working. Sometimes it can be seen, and sometimes it's inside, sometimes it's outside, but he's always working to bring us to the next level of what life is supposed to be. So God does provide. God does favor. God does bless. God does heal. But even if he doesn't, I dare you to gain the ability to look yourself in the face in the mirror and say, but even if he doesn't, I will not bend, I will not bow, I will not compromise. You won't find me at the altar of chasing culture and applause and approval. I will live my life to honor him. I gave him my life. That means he can do with me whatever he desires. What do you do with someone who has a kamikaze faith like that? They get through life. They become bulldogs. And people gravitate towards them because of the strength that is screaming on the inside. Let me finish with this. Stay on target with your faith. Don't get sloppy in your theology. That will make you be disappointed with God and his word. That's why it's important that you're a part of a church that speaks truth. That's why you need a pastor in your life. That's not to aggrandize me. It's not to say, oh, I'm the God. No, there's great pastors. But you need someone who's speaking truth. We need to hear what God's word says. I was talking to my employer this week, and he reminded me, I'm going to have to give an account. I've got a job review when I get to heaven. He's going to look me in the face and say, Scott, did you tell him the whole truth and nothing but the truth? We need to hear this. So if I'm going to live by God vibes instead of good vibes, I want to challenge you with this right here. Three things. Everybody watching online, poke CI in this room, all of us together. Here's what we do. Number one, ask God today, how can I serve you with my life? I dare 
was immediately you dethroned yourself and you put him in the driver's seat. How do you want to use my life for your glory? That's a big question right there. Number two, number two, trust in God's goodness. Trust his heart when you can't see his hand. Trust him in the dark the way you praise him in the daylight. Know that he's for you and not against you. Believe that his thoughts are higher than your thoughts, his ways higher than your ways. That if you can fully conceptualize your God, then you made him so small to fit in your finite mind. He's no longer infinite. He's no longer omnipresent. He's no longer omniscient. And if we reduce God down to fitting into my mind, then my God became small and now he's, I'm his God instead of him being my God. But as long as I can keep him bigger than my fullest capacity to understand him, and I have to learn to trust him when I don't understand him. Oh, there's two times to trust God when you understand him and when you don't and you gotta learn to buy into all of it trust God's goodness and number three find your even if no compromise you want to mature your faith you want to find some grit you want to get your fingers in this thing and you want to get two handfuls of him and get that wild crazy look in your face God is good, and I'm not letting go for nothing. He, I know what he did back then, and if he did it then, he can do it again. Let's go, Jesus. It's a good time right now for another highlight, real Jesus. Bring your stuff on. I know you got a miracle. I know you're working. I know there's power and authority on my side. I know you got angels waiting to be dispatched to handle this situation, but I got news for heaven and hell. Even if you don't, I'm not bending. I won't bend. I won't burn. I'll trust you and serve you for the rest of my life with my questions and with my understanding. I bring it all to honor you. Why? Because heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God shall remain forever. Come on and stand with you. We got to deal with our BS. That belief system, you got to deal with that. Make sure it lines up with God's Word. And don't let pop, popular preaching derail your theology. Keep it real, keep it forward. Keep growing, keep trusting. And when some hell hits your life, run to God, not from God. Don't bail on Him when times get tough. It's where you lean in go after him. We're going to pray today. And I'm asking you to pray just point one of our closing. God, what can I do to serve your purpose with my life? I dare you to pray it. I double dog dare you to pray it and mean it because he'll respond. Jesus, we love you today. And I'm so grateful that you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. People bail on us left and right, but you've never stepped from us. You've been by our side. Your word says that you're a stronghold in the time of trouble. That you know how to care for those who trust in you. Today, God, we're trusting and we're leading. And we open our hearts up and we clean the throne of our life off. I'm moving everything of my stuff off. I'm moving my jacket. I'm taking the Yeti cup off. I'm getting everything out of the way. And I'm making room for you to take front and center stage. I am dethroned. You are enthroned. Have your way in my life. 
What can I do to serve your purpose, God? What can I do to honor you with my life? What can I walk through? What can I stand in to rep you to a culture that has kissed their brains goodbye and lost all hope? I trust you. I'm leaning into you. I've, I've, I've given all my options away. You are the only option in my life. We're coming after you today, God. We have an even if. We have a nevertheless. We have a though you slay me, yet will I trust you because we know you're good. So today, God, we open our hearts and our lives up to you and we up our game. We develop maturity. We grow in our grit. And we say today, God, move us forward in you. We recommit our lives to your hands. Would you take 30 seconds and talk to him right there for you on your own now? Don't listen to me. You talk to him. What can I do, God, to serve you? I'm coming after you. I'm throwing excuses away. I trust you when I don't see you. I trust you when I don't understand you. I'm coming after you. I'm not playing with this. We love you today, Jesus. It's in your wonderful name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. If you love him today, put those hands together.